girls. Whether you're running errands and burning through your to-do list or sitting with a cup of tea while you listen, we are glad you're hanging with us at Sisterhood Today on the Better Together podcast. This is a space to find community and a place to belong. We're a community of women who want to encourage and empower you for all the things, for wifing, mothering, daughtering, sistering, friending, for just being. We want to help you be the best you that you can be in Him. Hey, welcome back, girls, to our Advent series. I am loving this, and I hope that you are too. Whether you're driving around today or whether you're sitting down with a cup of hot beverage, tea, coffee, hot chocolate, hot water with lemon. I mean, come on, the possibilities are endless. I just appreciate that you're here with us in this space. And so uh, we're just going to jump back in today and look at things through the eyes of Simeon and Anna. And so far we've seen through Elizabeth's eyes, we're never too old to birth something for God. And if we feel overlooked or forgotten, we can remember that God sees us and He still hears our prayers. And that uh, looking through the eyes of Mary, we saw that our surrendered, yes, I belong to you, Lord, body and soul, even when we don't understand, that can change our world. The shepherds changed their world by being awake, alert, attentive, and available to tell their story. They listened to what God said. They went and inspected it and checked it out for themselves out of awe of what He just spoke to them. And then they told everyone they saw everything they saw. And so that's how they changed their world. So this week we're going to read a little bit more of the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2. Uh, and going to talk about Simeon and Anna. But we're going to start in verse 21. And it says, Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus. The name given him by the angel before even he was conceived. Because remember last week we ended with the shepherds. Jesus had been born. And now here we are, eight days after he was born, he went to be circumcised. They took him to be circumcised. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so again, we see Joseph and Mary quick to obey all of the regulations and commandments of the Lord. So verse 25 says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord, The baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people. Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. 
but he will be a joy to many others. He has been seen as a sign from God, sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Put a pin in that one. Anna, a prophet, was there, also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, when she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And so we're going to look today at the lives of Simeon and Anna. And there's just a few verses. There's not even a whole lot here about them. But we want to pinpoint just a few things of how they changed the world for God in the assignment that God had given them to do. And so let's just go back to Simeon. And and he was a devout man. He was one who uh, was considered, I believe, let me look back at my scripture. Uh, some considered him to be a prophet, but um, I don't think that's explicitly written in the text, but it's escaping my mind now. Anyway, and so he had a promise from God. God spoke to him and said, you will not die until you see the Messiah. You're not going to die until your very own eyes see the salvation of all of Israel. So let's imagine being Simeon and God revealing this magnificent promise to him. There's so many people in Israel that are waiting expectantly. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just two. Israel collectively, for the most part, were expectantly waiting for Messiah. They were living according to the word. They were looking for and longing for Messiah. And here we have Simeon with a promise from God that he would not personally die until he saw Messiah. Imagine being Simeon. This nation had been waiting for hundreds of years for the promise of Messiah. It had been 400 years since God spoke through the last prophet. 400 years. 400 years ago today, it was the year 1623. That's a long time ago. (laughs) A lot has happened between now and then. So just imagine these people that had been waiting 400 years for Messiah. And Simeon got a promise from God that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. Can you imagine him telling other people that? God told you what? What makes you so special? (laughs) Simeon didn't have any of those answers, but what he did know was that God gave him a promise and he held on to that hope and waited expectantly. That's what the Bible said about him. He was waiting expectantly he waited in faith and God gave him the desire of his heart. God fulfilled his word to Simeon. Faith eventually became sight. And I love how faith became sight here uh, because we look sometimes for spectacular answers to prophecy. 
And that was a prophetic word to Simeon's heart that this was going to happen for him. And so we look for these spectacular answers to them. But verse 27 tells us how he ended up being where Jesus was to be in position to see the Messiah. And it says that day, the day that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to complete the purification process, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. I love that. It wasn't this big, spectacular, demonstrative thing. He was led by the Spirit to the temple. Another translation says he came in the Spirit. Another one says being led by the Spirit. There was no spectacular leading for Simeon. Zechariah got an angel. Mary, she got an angel. Joseph, he had an angelic dream. The shepherds had an angel, and then the sky filled with hosts of angels, and there were dreams, and it was glory, and and masses of angels singing praise to God. Simeon was led by the Spirit. He was simply led by the Spirit, and it was enough. Now, this wasn't any less supernatural than any of the other leadings. It wasn't any less significant than any of the other ways that God led in this time with the angels and the dreams and the glory. What it is, is a beautiful, intimate thing. It's a beautiful, intimate thing. I want you to hear that again. It's a beautiful, intimate thing to sense in your heart the leading of the Lord and simply follow that. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual if you don't have angelic visitation. It means that you are living, whisper close to the living God. It means that you recognize His voice when He whispers, and you can easily follow that. Now, the text doesn't outright say that Simeon prayed, but have you ever promised your kids something only to have them talk to you about it all the time, again and again and again. Mom, you said, mom, you said, mom, you said, mom, you said. When are we going? Is today the day? What's it going to be like? You said we were going. You said I could have it. When, when, when? That's prayer. Returning the promise back to God like that would be prayer. The kids ask all the questions about all the things because they're waiting expectantly, full of hope and anticipation for that very thing that you promised them. And they interact with you about what you promised them. And that's what prayer is like. And it doesn't outright say Simeon did that, but I I can pretty much guess that he did that. And the words that he spoke to Mary and to Joseph, wow, He spoke to him exactly what God gave in that moment, and it confirmed some things for them and encouraged some things in them, and it prepared them for what was going to come. A sword will pierce your very soul. Those words prepared Mary, and I'm sure when she was standing on crucifixion day, watching Jesus be beaten with whips, watching him get arrested and carried away and watching him hang on that cross, she remembered those words of Simeon with comfort. This is God. A sword will pierce my very soul. 
And so Simeon was not afraid to speak those words from God. And that is how he changed his world. He waited in faith. He waited expectantly. He waited with hope and anticipation. He participated with that and communicated with God on that all those years. And then he was led by the Spirit in the right place at the right time to speak those words to Mary and Joseph that she stored in her heart for decades to come. And it mattered. And I love that about Sinia. And now let's flip over to Anna because I love her just as much. And um, this text in the New Living Translation that I read said she was 84 years old. There are other texts that say she was a widow of 84 years, and it's unclear. It could go either way, whether she was 84 years old or she had been widowed for 84 years and was closer to 100 years old. But needless to say, it's probably safe to say that she wasn't a spring chicken which means she was not young. And I love bringing back into these pieces of the of the story the different generations interacting with one another. And what I love about Anna is that she devoted decades of her life to praying in the first coming of the Lord. That is how she changed her world and ours, by being available to pray on the same assignment for decades without giving up hope. Listen, things happen when you pray that will never happen when you don't pray. And I love even the, the story of Daniel, where he was reading in the, in the scroll of Jeremiah that the captivity was only supposed to last 70 years, and then they were going to be released. And as soon as he saw that, it was almost 70 years since the captivity started, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed that promise. And we can do the same thing. And God is still needing people today who are willing to devote themselves to prayer. What does that even look like? Does that mean like Anna, that you have to quit everything you did and live at the temple and pray day and night with fastings and prayers? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Although there will be some people that have that draw in their heart. But it does mean that God is looking for people to be alert and available to pray wherever they are. You could be driving in your car, cooking dinner, doing dishes, folding laundry, taking a bubble bath and still yield yourself to pray. It took decades of prayer to pray in that first coming and it's going to take concerted intentional prayer to pray in the details of the second coming. And it's as easy as whatever you're doing, if it's not engaging all of your mind and your faculties to be able to say, Lord, what's on your heart today? Who can I pray for today? What do you need prayed for in this world today? And I've said this to people before, and I've heard them say right back to me, I wouldn't know where to start. And so I'm going to tell you, start with the Word. Start by praying the Word. Put the Word in, and it gives Him something to work with and draw out of you in prayer. Simeon returned the promises of God to him. Anna returned the promises of God to him. Daniel returned the promises of God to him. And that was prayer. And when we see things in the word that say, pray this and pray that, that is our cue to stop reading right there and to begin praying that very thing. In fact, you can look in Matthew 9 and it says, Jesus saw 
the multitudes and he was moved with compassion and he saw them as sheep without a shepherd, confused and lost, and turned his disciples and said, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into this harvest field. And you can start by praying that. Look at your city. Look around at your city and see it, really see it for the harvest field that it is. See the people in the city as they really are, lost and confused, sheep without a shepherd, lost ones without a savior, trapped in the kingdom of darkness, needing moved over into the kingdom of light and say, Father, send labors into this vast harvest field. And if you don't have anyone else, send me. It's not difficult It just takes a willing heart. Simeon was led by the Spirit at that moment to be there. Anna was just showing up for her assignment as she faithfully did every single day. And that's how they came to be a part of the Christmas story was because of their faithfulness. His faithfulness to live whisper close, his faithfulness to to train his heart to hear the Spirit and and move at the slightest whisper, her faithfulness to day in and day out present herself at the temple for duty to pray. And God caused them to be there in the right place at the right time because of their faithfulness. There's something to be said for faithfulness. So how can you change your world? Live whisper close. Live, whisper close to God so you can hear what He's saying and see where He's leading. You can pray, worship, fast, and pray like Anna, and that will change your world. Stay faithful to what He asks you to do. Daily show up for duty. Keep doing it. Keep serving. Keep being faithful even when it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. Even if it gets boring, even if it feels mundane, even if it turns into routine, you can keep it fresh by keeping yourself aware of God in the moment and keep bringing yourself back to that awareness of the fact that He's with you everywhere. He's with you when you pray. He's with you as you do the dishes. So just talk to Him there. He's with you when you're driving in your car. You can just worship Him there. And pray. We can change our world by praying. It's one of the ways that He's ordained for us to participate in His purposes with Him to change our world. Don't you love Simeon and Anna? Oh, I just love them. And so we're going to live whisper close and we're going to be alert and available to God to use wherever we are, whenever we are, however He chooses whenever he needs us. Amen. All right. So next week, come back. I know it's Christmas week next week, but come back because we're going to talk about Joseph and we're going to talk about the wise men. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Sisterhood Podcast. Remember, we're all about community here. We weren't meant to do this life alone. So connect. Connect with some girlfriends over coffee or call someone to catch up today. Connect with us on social media at sisterhood.river or join us at one of our gatherings or outings. You are not alone. You have a community of women right here praying for you this week. May God saturate your day with His goodness, His joy, and His love. 
And don't forget, we are better together.